Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Episode 5, Season 3, and yes, we are the womb full of black nectar. <laughs> <laughs> I am Takeshi with the I Have Santos, and today we are going to talk about Little Witch Academia. It is a coming-of-age, magical fantasy, magical girl genre. <laughs> the genre is. Yeah. It's created by who? Oh, Yo Yoshinari. I they sound familiar. Hmm. What else have they done? Uh let me look. Hold on here. Um Kill La Kill. Cyberpunk Edge Riders as the character designer. They are the concept creator for this one, character designer and animation director. Evangelion, Fully Cooly. Okay, yeah, they've done a lot. Mm. Yeah, they've been around. Fully Cooly. Yeah, FLCL. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, sometimes. So good. Sometimes you realize how good things are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's figure out how to say that. Yo Yoshinari. Okay, Yo Yoshinari. Yo Yoshinari. And then it was written by Masahaku Atosaka. Atosaka. Ah, man, it's early, okay? We're recording early. <laughs> Masahiko Otsuka. Masahiko Atsuka. <laughs> Masahiko Atsuka? Yep. Did I say that all right? <laughs> Pretty much, man, you're getting it. I can mimic the Google Translate. <laughs> Hire Santos. <laughs> Music was by, oh boy, Michihiro Oshima. Oishima. Michiru Oshima. Michiru Oshima. Uh, they've done a lot too, looks like. Oh boy. 
What else do they work on? Well, a lot, a lot. Anything we've watched? Um, a lot of video games. Okay. And then Little Witch Academia, Star Wars Visions. I think that's the Disney animated thing. Hmm. Hula Fula Dance. I wonder what that is. That sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> Boom Into You, Snow White with red hair. Oh. These all sound kind of cool. Just by title alone. I mean, I, I don't know, really. Exactly. Here's going my title. It will be revealed that maybe Takeshi did not like the music in this one. So maybe we don't want to <gasps> oh, watch yeah, that. Oh, right. You're, you're very right. <laughs> so I don't want to follow this person's music. Lord career. of Lords at Reunite. <laughs> That's why I wanted to know if you knew of the, any of the other ones. I wanted to know if you didn't like the music of the other ones as well. I just woke up. So I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's fine. It's before lunch. We're early birds today. Okay, so that was the anime film. It's so this is all so confusing. So the anime film was released. What anime film? This is what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, I got all mixed up. It was released uh, March 2nd of 2013. It was 26 minutes. Film of Little Witch Academia. Yeah, like a short movie. Oh, like a movie, and then okay, yeah. I get it now. And then the manga came out August 19th of 2013. So confusing. And then the anime came out when. Well, we're getting there. And so that was on Ultra Jump. And that was written by Tero Terry. Terry o Terry. Terry o Terry. Terry o Terry. Terry o Terry. Sounds so bad. Yeah, it sounds awful. So that was the first manga. It's really confusing because it, I guess it came out as an animated film first. And then the manga came out. And then that was just an assuming one series or something. And then there was another one written by the same person, which was released August 19th of 2015 and went till November 20th of 2015. And that was also on Ultra Jump. And that was mm-hmm. one volume. And then there was a couple. Let's going to get to the animated series. Yeah, but what did we watch? <laughs> oh, my God. There's so much. Okay. There's a couple other mangas and animated films, and that was mostly in 2015. Okay, we're just going to go there. Big big year for Little Witch Academia. (laughs) Yeah. And then the animated series came out in January 9th of 2017, and it went till June 26th of 2017. And it is 25 episodes. And it was directed by the same person that we told you about earlier, Yo Yushinari. And produced by some people. It was written by Michiru Shimada. Michiru Shimada. Michiru Shimada. And then there is a manga after that that went till 2018. And then there was a light novel. I think Little Witch Academia was also a Netflix exclusive. They don't really say that on here, but I believe it was. Yes, you can find this on Netflix. Yeah, I think it said Netflix. I I don't know. Maybe they paid extra to bring it over or something. Maybe. Also, this is kind of a a rewatch because, okay, when we started Gothtober, we started with the Breastfeed Tina episode special. But after that, when we started with the anime, we did Flying Witch because last year we each watched the wrong witch (laughs) 
anime. So this was like, so we like redid Flying Witch. So we both watched it. And then this is the other one. So this is Little Witch Academia, which I watched last year by mistake. Yes. And also I want to go with the critical reception because it was one of the top 100 best animes in the 2010s. Yeah. Coming of age. So let's just get started. It starts off with this girl named Akko. And she always wanted to be a witch, but she is human. So she wasn't like born into a witch family. So she was, mm-hmm. was kind of the first of her type. And so she was finally old enough. I guess she's in high school. I feel like it's kind of like 14 or something, probably high school age. Yeah. And so she was allowed to leave the house and join a boarding school of sort, but it's a witch academy instead. Yeah, the witch academy. She was, it opens up because she's inspired by Shiny Chariot. Yeah, Shiny Chariot. Which is the strangest name. (laughs) Who's a witch who like flies all around and she does all these like fantastical tricks and things like that. Like she's an entertainer witch. Yeah, but it gave her all this hope that like, okay, it's super cool to make people happy with magic and make everybody aware of magic. And so when she actually has to go through this portal, she learns right away that people aren't that nice or witches and humans aren't that nice to each other. Yeah. Well, she's kind of like a big personality. And so she kind of annoys people. So just getting to school was hard. Like you said, like she couldn't figure out how to get there. She thought there was going to be a bus, but you have to get through this portal it requires you having a broom to go through the portal and you also have to have a certain amount of magic to go through the portal and going through there. I don't know how much I'm going to ruin or not. They happen to go the wrong way. Well, we're just going to stop right here and we'll say spoilers. Stop listening. It's old enough. So yeah, when I talk about my problems with this, it's going to make more sense. So <laughs> Okay, so she goes to the portal. They went the wrong way because the portal is allergic to salts or something. Uh. Yeah, she. Well, wait, back up. When she is trying to get to school, she meets someone who is Susie. I don't know if we find out her name right away. And she's a witch, and she knows magic, and she's mean, and she like turns things into other things, like puppet magic. So like a bird that comes to life or a rope that was snakes. And she kind of scares Akko, trying to shake her off. Like, they like, don't follow me. And then she also meets Lottie. that other... What's her name? Lottie. L-O-T-T-E. Lottie, yeah. And then Lottie's like, so nice. So she like lets Akko hitch right on her broom. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because the portal was allergic to salted things, they fall into the forest where she finds... I'm going to kind of try to shorten this up a little bit where she finds like this. It's called the shiny rod. <laughs> I know. I was like, really? <laughs> it's like a wand. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a weird wand that looks like Staff a kid wand type. Yeah. made out of like a couple of blocks of wood and marbles. And then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go to. The, so they. All three of them end up in this forest, right? This enchanted forest where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, it's really dangerous. But somehow she finds this thing and that shiny rod chose her. Mm -hmm. Like they get in a bunch of trouble and she's able to open up a portal with this shiny rod and make it on time for school. 
Yeah, the opening ceremony. Yeah, if you don't make it to the opening ceremony, you'll be expelled. Yes. Well, a lot of the trouble comes from Susie, who is a very mischievous witch who loves dark magic and is collecting poisonous things. So you get to know she's like a potion maker. She loves poison and she likes creating havoc. That's fun for her. So, (laughs) and you get to meet like very strange creatures in that forest and stuff. So it's fun. Yeah. So basically you're pretty much coming to this point where, yeah, this is not just regular earth. This is totally a different area. Which sometimes it just seems like when they don't go through the portal, it seems like other people just kind of just go over to their school or something like that. It's not like they're going through some weird portal or whatever. Am I wrong about that? No, I think they... I just think they did it wrong. And I think Susie also wanted to go to that forest. It was because it was allergic to salts. That's the whole entire reason why. And, yeah. and Susie was like right behind them or whatever. Or Something, yeah. So, it, But I think you do go through some sort of portal. Luna Nova Academy. But they make it look like sometimes that like Luna Nova is just like maybe three miles away from town. It kind of is. You're right. Because then they just take a car to town. Or is that a different town? Is that like a magical world? Maybe it is. Okay, I didn't didn't overthink it. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking about it now. It's just like, wait a minute. Because sometimes they'll go see that one guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. And it's just like they took the car to go over there. It's just like, wait. I think they must be in a different realm-ish kind of situation. They gotta be. Because when they go to town, it's like a magic shop and stuff. But then at the same time, you're right, because there's an episode where they're like, what's his name's looking for you? OK, let's go hop in the car or well, no, they raise the dead. And so then but they're trying to like it's not like the whole town is OK with magic. Maybe it's a town that's a part of the realm or something. I don't know. I don't we don't know, know this. Okay. okay. Maybe someone could clarify for us. Obviously, we did not watch this <laughs> as closely, but you're right. That is something. Maybe she was trying to do the portal as a shortcut or something. No, everybody had to go through the portal. Okay. Then I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe the portal is a whole different realm. Okay. So, <laughs> so pretty much the whole entire thing is about how most the, especially the first season, about how she is really into Shy Chariot and she really wants to meet her. The reason why she went to Luna Nova was because Shiny Chariot went to that school. So it was like as inspiration. But little did she know that nobody's really into her. Oh, she's so passe. Like sh- nobody likes Shiny Chariot. They think she's like a has-been. No one knows where she is. She's yeah. kind of disappeared off the face of the planet. And she's just like a cheesy witch from the past. Kind of like everyone's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like you like that, part, you know, that witch. Um, so pretty much the whole entire series is about how she really doesn't have any magic, but she has a lot of heart. Definitely. And so she ends up kind of succeeding because of all this passion she has. And she gets people also involved with her. Yeah. <laughs> or the whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, she gets people involved in her passion projects. Yeah, passion so her, Susie, and Luddy, right? They become close. They live together. Like they share a room in the dorms or whatever. And they're always getting into trouble. Uh, even one time, they just woke up and ate like desserts, like tarts. Like they got in trouble for that. Like they're always doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And then getting involved in things they shouldn't be involved in. 
there's all these bullies too. So like Diana is the kind of like A plus student. She's from a fancy witch family, like long legacy. She's perfect. She's beautiful. She knows, you know, she's like that person. (laughs) So, and then everyone like kind of worships Diana. And so they pick on Akko, but Akko, I like, she never backs down. They're like, you suck. And then she just kind of, she'll fight them, like physically fight people. She'll scream at them. She tries to always prove everyone they're wrong. I don't know. She just, it's really funny. Like that's the funny part to me. It's yeah, like, that's, that's the funny part, but it, it gets old, especially when you go into this second season. I don't know. I mean, I watched it in like two and a half, three days. I think that's the problem. I think if you spread it out, it's fun. There's a formula to it. I love a formula where you know everything's going to work out. There are some fun parts to it, but I have some problems. A lot of problems with it, too. A lot. (laughs) I did not have a lot of problems with it. I thought it was charming Uh. and cute and funny. Like There's some good writing to it. There's um, some weird episodes there's zombies there's mushroom trips there's like mermaid situations like they definitely have all sorts of stuff coming out of it she's very imperfect as the hero which is kind of fun as well but okay so it is kind of the same thing each episode right but there's a bigger thread of finding shiny chariot what's the wand thing and Akko trying to find her magic Right. Well, there's a bigger thread and that's the bigger plot. That's the yeah. problem I have with this series. I think the animation's really cool and it kind of has this vibe of a Studio Ghibli thing mm-hmm, in a way. Definitely. And then it kind of just falls apart at some parts, especially when you get into the second season. You're like, oh, God. And it's like kind of like, oh. If the second season have the kind of more... um because there's this big fight amongst the world too between magic and science magic yeah and magic science there's that yeah oh and the magic science i was like well isn't science just magic science anyways but yeah so there's kind of that theme as well that second season more right oh yeah that's definitely like the overarching part okay i got into so surprise this is probably the first one i watched all of it and then I started watching the second season. So I just want credit for that. Cause you know, I'm always like, Oh, I didn't quite make it. Mm, I didn't finish. I did finish. And yeah, I watched more. <laughs> you need to finish the whole entire thing to like fill the But that's self. Netflix for you. See, if you put it on some easy streaming thing that, you know, I multitask. So I probably missed the portal thing because of that. Oh yeah. But I really, in- yeah. Anyways, what's the other theme that you don't like? Like the bigger plot. You just don't like. Oh God. Okay. So her goal is to actually meet, Okay, so where can I, where should I go from here? Um, what can I spoil? <laughs> All of it, because we're All not. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. like this um, is old enough. You watched it, then my big problem was is just all of a sudden it turns into like old school magic versus science, and then all of a sudden it turns into this whole entire we got to save a f- world because this stupid bomb is getting taken over by this magic science thing and everybody's like cheering for them. Oh God. (laughs) This got so stupid. 
I was actually okay with just her not having magic because I thought that was kind of funny. Uh-huh. But the deeper reason why she doesn't have magic, it kind of sucks. And then Akko as a character, her whole entire thing is she just doesn't give up and she's a go-getter the whole entire time. It is. But do you know why? Because she says this and I thought it was so funny. She says, believing in myself is my superpower. And I just thought that was the best funny thing I've ever heard. And I was like, oh my God, if all of us did that. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, is the situations that she was in, a lot of it was none of her business. True. And so it's just like her forcing her ideals onto other people. And then she was right in the end. And I was like, oh, my God. And it gets worse in the second really? season. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching it. I think that's so funny. You're right. She is very forceful. She wants to change stuff. So I think part of it's at first you're like, Ugh, but then you're like, oh, because she kind of knows like there's a bigger purpose. And there's her, she has a bigger purpose and that's what she's kind of moving towards that she didn't realize. Yeah. Like there's this episode where Diana like goes, okay, I got to quit school because I got to become the head of the family or else it's going to crash into ruins and it's going to become nothing. Right. What's the most sensible thing that you could do if you're an actual person in that situation where you go, okay, well, I'm sorry if there's anything I get to do to help, I'll be there. Or let me at least drive you home and say goodbye or whatnot. (laughs) You know, what she does is she follows her and tries to stop her and tries to convince Diana to go back to school. Which makes no sense. Diana can run that school. She's so good. Still, though, it's just like, uh, why would they have a character like this? And it's just like after a while, it's like just so stupid. It's just like, wow. Well, people find her very irritating in the show. So I guess you <laughs> also did because she's always getting told to be quiet or stop it or shut up, you know, and then she's always dragging her friends into something. Yeah, she just pushes herself onto people. And it's like, oh, my God, dude, I, I'd kill this person. If- well, I thought everyone should watch the episode. It's like episode five, maybe. It's where Susie, because Susie's all into mushrooms the whole time. You'll see her picking mushrooms and finding mushrooms and stuff like that. And it's some trippy mushroom thing where she's kind of inside Susie's head. And Oh, yeah, that one's good. I loved it. And so she's trying to wake up the original Susie to get Susie out of this mushroom coma or whatever. But it's a wild trip. And I thought it was so cool. And it's just how our brains work and how she was judging herself. And and Akko was there in the courtroom trying to get her not to judge herself. And I thought that was really sweet. And I was like, oh, my God, so many people do this. So I need that clip to go with my coaching business. Yeah, that one was pretty good. The music, I hated it. You did hate the music. I can't remember it. it. I find it to be... Yeah, great. Exactly. It was great. It was just like, do we really need this for this scene? (laughs) But then the bigger plot of the whole entire. Let me get into this part of like why Susie doesn't have magic is pretty interesting. Akko? Yeah, there's a reason for that. It's not just because she's human, because all humans have a little bit of magic in them. Yeah, because she has a little bit because she can she started to learn how to like metamorph things. But there's a whole entire thing about actually her magic got harvested. Mm. And so that's pretty interesting. But then 
I just didn't like this whole entire thing where like, okay, everything's just going haywire and then it's got to be up to Akko to f- save the world. Is it because it's too stressful for you or you just think that scene, like that plot is just uninteresting? It's so uninteresting. It's just like, you prefer oh. a slice of life. Slice of life where like something like just like it's f- this is over. This is done. To me, all of a sudden, this becomes a little bit too Hollywood uh-huh. movie. I get that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and if you're going to be chasing a f- missile on a goddamn broom... Oh. For, like, full episode or something. And just, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought... I got to the point where she was looking for certain words or something. Oh, so that's the other plot. Yeah, so like something magical words or something to try to bring something back. So there's some different stuff going on. I think it's worth watching. It's called The Grand Triskedillion. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty cool. But then it turns into this whole entire stupid thing that I was telling you about. Okay. It gets too cheesy. It gets too Hollywood for Takeshi. It gets too cheesy at the end. And it's just like, God damn it. They had this whole entire thing where they could have just done this joke where she has zero magic and she can't do things because she's human. And that's hilarious. Yeah. And it would have been cute if things started coming together for her. But you're right. Like for some reason, my mind comes. Oh, what's the one that I like? That's so funny. It's like the house husband. Oh, uh, way of the house husband. Yeah. It's the same gag over and over again but i laugh every single time so like you're saying like yeah keep it short keep it like focused almost on that element of the school life of like trying to be a witch when you're not a witch she could easily just like do that and grow from there but instead she's like i'm this whole entire go-getter and i need to go save everybody because that's who i am i'm Nako. she's super charged and it's like her you know pa- what her power is believing just- herself <laughs> You need to believe in yourself, Takeshi. You have to. <laughs> yeah, I need to have a little Akko in me, I guess. But still, it's just like, this is becoming too much for me. You're the bullies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just the pessimist. So I'm more like Susie or whatever. Susie is wild and she's the gothest part of this whole She is cool. Thing. She's goth to a T. She's so fun. She's like I said, she's just evil in the funniest ways. Yeah. I think she'd be like maybe crust goth if there was such thing. Mm-hmm. She's a little crusty. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, into all them poisonous herbs. and I like that part about it. Plants, mushrooms, animals. I just feel like they could have done more with it instead of just turned it into this for humanity. Kind of. Yeah. That was my biggest issue with it. I give you that. That's cool. Because if you would have watched it to the end, I think you might have felt the same. Change of heart would have happened. Yeah. I only watched like a few episodes into season two. There is also her finding Chariot. That's another theme in this. That part is pretty intense and I don't really want to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, that's fair. But I just really wanted to ruin like the actual storyline. Yeah. And so... Out of the two witch animes, I'd prefer Flying Witch, even though I binged watched Little Witch Academia. <laughs> it was just the actual resolution of it I was not happy with. I say watch both. Little Witch is very fun and there's more. There's definitely more action to it. Flying Witch, the most soothing 
silly little show you'll ever watch that I also really love. So I like them for different reasons. But Flying Witch is definitely probably, I think, more our style. It's more ideal, unless that 13th episode did something so f- that I, it would ruin everything no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, we bookended, we brought a lot of witch energy into our gothtober with our enemies. All right, we will be right back in just a moment. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Storygram Network. All right, and we are back, and we're going to talk about How to Destroy Angels Welcome Oblivion. The album was released March 3rd of 2013. It is a 65-minute album. There's some bonus tunes, and there's vinyl. It doesn't really exactly say who produced this album or who mixed it, but How to Destroy Angels is Marqueen... Mandig, which is uh, Trent Reznor's wife, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and Rob Sheridan. Rob Sheridan is a art graphic designer and comic book author. He was the art director for Pretty Hate Machine, Light in the Skies, Ghosts 1 through 5, all the things that could have been. So a lot of his albums. So he's known as a glitch artist. So maybe I missed that part. <laughs> I'm not really exactly too sure what he did in the album. Maybe he just did the art like that for the background, but it says he's a member. So also a touring member is a Celendo Katani, which he is also the keyboardist for Nanish Nails. He's a really interesting guy too. He has some really cool concepts about sound. He, Design this synth that I really want. I'm going to pick it up one of these days. So anyway. It's a dream team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There was a time when Nine Inch Nails was retiring or Trent Risner retired. And then this was a, one of the projects that he did as during the, his retirement or post-retirement. Mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because at the time people just really wanted something from him. And then this is what he gave us, if I remember. So it's like his retirement side project. Yeah. It says hesitation marks from like maybe 2014 to 2016. Like that's when he retired. So he worked on this stuff. Mm-hmm. How to destroy angels was inspiration from Coil 
EP album, How Does Destroy Angels. Maybe they just like the name, How Does Destroy Angels or something. Maybe that was their song. Um. <laughs> but you heard a little bit of How to Destroy Angels. I don't know if that's their song. Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. So I remember there was a promotional video of his wife playing some keyboard line and it sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of listened to some of their other stuff and I thought it was pretty good. This album in general, and I actually like went through their other EPs because there's only a few. And it seems like How to Destroy Angels is still together. They never said it was broken up or anything. But he went on to do Nine Inch Nails because Nine Inch Nails came out of retirement. Oh, he went back. He went back to Nine Inch Nails. The Atticus person is part of 12 Rounds, no? Yeah, he is. I think they should have put their energy towards that. Well, I'm kind of scared now. You were like, don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. Atticus Ross is Trent Reznor's like writing partner now. Okay. So they do all the movies together and all the current Nine Inch Nails stuff together. Mm-hmm. I think it was ever since uh, maybe a little bit the album or two after with teeth Atticus Ross became his writing partner. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm just shouting out 12 rounds because that's one of a, a great band. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. It's sad that I don't know. I mean, how do we jump into this album? Uh, well, I'm going to start off by saying that like, I'm not a big fan of a lot of Trent Reznor's newer stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think a lot of it just sucks. Okay. To be upfront about it, I always thought this project was better than the current Nine Inch Nails stuff because I feel like the current Nine Inch Nails stuff is very kind of just samey, even though it's trying to be different. <laughs> Mm-hmm. where I guess maybe I was listening to this stuff just not critically or whatever beforehand where <sighs> let me think here nowadays when I listen to this band or like listen to this album and actually listen to the EPs I just realized that it's just like most of the time just like one kind of slow maybe hip hop drum beat and it just repeats itself over and over again with some mediocre synth lines in the background and with some like kind of dreary weird vocals and that's about it what are they going for i don't know they're just doing it because they can and they got money to do it and i don't know the earlier nine inch nails was so groundbreaking yeah then it's like what's the point of this music the first song comes on i'm like oh like you're instantly kind of drawn in because it sounds kind of like Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you're just like, there's this sound, so it's fun and it's a great sound and it's familiar and you're just like happy. And I'm like, yeah, and I have so much excitement for it. And then I just got kind of bored and I couldn't stick with the album. Like I couldn't, like even my partner, he was like, what's this? Like he's kind of like perked up. What are you listening to? And I'm like, oh, it's this, you know, he's like, okay. Then he's like, Ugh. like, you know, after a few songs, you didn't want to hear any more of it. Yeah, well, it's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, and there's nothing like wrong with it. it. Just It's just like, 
Nine Inch Nails light or something. So it's like, why would I listen to this if I just would just listen to Nine Inch Nails, the album I like? Well, but the problem is, is if you listen to like the newer Nine Inch Nails, it's just like a little bit more of a perk up from this because it has like harder drums and uh-huh. guitars. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Like nothing was done so poorly, I would say. But I just was kind of confused by it because I thought, Something new was going to be brought in. Even like maybe her vocals would be more something. I don't know. It felt very lacking. There's not a lot of energy in it. It's just there. And I guess you could play in the background and people go, oh, this kind of sounds like Trent Risner. And then like five minutes into it, you're like, okay, well, that's just great. And I couldn't. I was like 65 minutes. No, thank you. Like I couldn't. I tried to listen to it a few times. I usually force myself to listen to an album you know, and repeat. I just didn't have this energy for it. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I think he was doing soundtracks during this era. So maybe he's just complacent and just happy with where he's at and more power to him. Yeah, I mean, this is what he likes. Great. Not what we like. So I was feeling bummed about Goth Tober's music choice. <laughs> I think there's a few songs we liked and only one album. I mean, <laughs> this isn't counting our like a love for Rasputin at the beginning because we start off very strong with albums we really love. And then, of course, Bauhaus was great. And I was like, uh, if we don't stay true goth, we were kind of bummed out. Yeah, but, you know, a part of being goth is being like bitchy. So like, That's it's fair. totally like falling into it perfectly. This does not go. I'm like, this is not goth enough for you. This is not anything for me. So <laughs> I'll find a song to put on my Gothtober mix from this album. No, absolutely not. I have to. I want to put it on there so people know we're. <laughs> I reviewing. can't even tell you a song that I liked in this album. I'm gonna put the first song. I'm just gonna put the first song on. Even even that gets boring. And the first song's like a minute and forty two seconds. Good. Then it won't take up too much space <laughs> on my mix. So I got to work on my mix because the other albums I felt were salvaged. Like I'm like, oh, there's a hit song on there somewhere. There's one single I kind of like. And this one I was like, yeah. And then I was like, boo, October's my favorite time of year. I love <laughs> and not that I don't listen to golf music year round. So I don't know why I'm being a brat. But I was just like, oh, I get to deep dive into this music. And I didn't like deep diving into most of it. So you know what I went back to? What? I needed a palate cleanser. I had to listen to Christian Death. I had to listen to Spiritual Cramp. I was like, I need to hear hear something good oh, that's my song oh boy the end cervix couch by uh kristen death is so f- good oh yeah i'm just hooked to that song spiritual cramp i'm like that is my song it will cleanse my ears the big vampire version of it i know i played you that part but it's so good where he's like sounding like an adult vampire it's on the iron mask yes he does a little goth uh, Satan thing at the end of it. <laughs> so um, it just made me run back to albums <laughs> I liked. <laughs> I was like, what else could I listen to? Or And you open this episode up with one of my favorite goth songs ever. So that made me happy. This album did not make me happy. I never think I feel so bored listening to music, but... <laughs> Here we go. On a mission of the Father to reduce the gates of hell, 
The ivory bone-eyed mother's flesh is starting to swell. I'm setting twenty-two tables for the funeral feast. Satan is by far the kindest beast. <laughs> I yes. love that. Good old Roz. Thank you. Now my little goth heart is happy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like a lot of the problems I had with this album is even like there's a song on here that just sounds like a recycled Nine Inch Nails song straight <laughs> up. Let me find it. I think it's Welcome Oblivion. Yes. If you listen to the actual riff is something from Fragile. It actually sounds like. No, I'm just being cruel. <laughs> Don't make us record early. <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds like this song right here, "The Frail." It's just like a worse version of it. What was her band before this? I wonder what she sounded like beforehand. I don't think she was in a band before this. It looked like it. With West Indian Girl? Yeah. What was that? You know, I don't know. Oh, boy. Okay, let's look up that and we'll play. uh... I wonder if it sounded like, you know what I mean? Because he just kind of put her voice in to just replace his voice. But like maybe she had a different. Okay, so we're going to look at the top song on here. So (laughs) Mara Queen Mandig. I don't even think she's singing in that. You don't think so? <laughs> Did you know they have like five kids? Four? Is it five now? Yeah. Oh, four sons and a daughter. It's a lot. Yeah. Good team. It must be nice to have money. Maybe it like drained all their creative energy. Well, I think they're only at kid two by this point. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. The weirdest thing is I just had this play in the background, much like that other band mm-hmm. while I was playing Smash or while I was like working out or whatever. And it just didn't do anything for me. And it played like six times. So it was just sitting there in the background and that was it. Yeah. <sighs> Did it, what was its like reception like? It doesn't say. Yeah, I don't see it either. Yeah, they're like, we're just going to kind of shuffle this underground. and Maybe it's used in movies, like you said, like he's doing soundtracks. So he's trying to make music that wouldn't yeah, detract from a, 
a <laughs> drowning me. made in 2010 <laughs> it peaked uh, number 20. Welcome Oblivion. I mean, it's in the charts. U.S. Electronic, it was number two. U.K. was 101. U.S. Alternative is number eight, but that doesn't really give... Maybe this is to the point where people aren't really reviewing anymore. (laughs) Oh, someone called it undecided and unfocused with moments of intrigue scattered through songs that wander on an album that rambles. (laughs) And at its worst, it's passe and redundant. So <laughs> that's fair. That's exactly what we're thinking. Because there's a lot of, right? But they're like, it's just really not going to draw you in to be excited about his work. Yeah, I feel like they could have done like more. I don't know. Like I said, I still think it's better than the actual newer Nine Inch Nails stuff. But that's not really saying much. I know. Just really sad. Got a 6.2 on Pitchfork. That's what I was reading. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. But yes, I don't know out of what. 6.2 out of what? 10. Oh, that's kind of high. But like what they said, it is kind of rambling. It's kind of, it, it's flat. It's who cares? Yeah. So wait, let's see here. If they give it a five, that means it's just average, right? I would imagine. So this is above average. By a tiny bit. Yeah. I'd give it a five. Or like, I give it like a 4.5. It has an opportunity to be cooler, but... What's weird is I'd rather listen to that other album, like Saints, that we crushed (laughs) last time. Because at least there's something there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's more... It grabbed my attention from this one. So there's more passion in that other group. There's like no passion in this. I don't have time to listen to passionless wandering music <laughs> if you're gonna make noise make it intriguing right i want to hear something good or if you want something relaxing then make it relaxing but they yeah they didn't make a good decision on that so this is not great i feel like <laughs> i don't think you have to listen to it i mean maybe you're intrigued now because we've, we've, we've sandbagged it enough roasted it so now maybe you're like now i need to listen to it you can find it on spotify if you want to <laughs> if you want to listen to boring nine inch nails basically and then sad Atticus Ross go back to 12 rounds make magic yeah exactly what are you doing I mean what's up I mean come on (laughs) 12 rounds man so good yeah so is this it for gothtober then I think so it's so sad it's so dreary which is very goth well let's wrap this up (laughs) yeah well I just want to say you can pass on this. Go back to Christian death. Go yes. back to 12 rounds. Yes, go, go back to 12 rounds. <laughs> you can find me at all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. And I have a fiver under Extra Man. And you can find me on Instagram as Sister Santos um, and Spotify. Right. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. She-